0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, where two film loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to another so they can once and for all answer the question who has better taste? With me, as always, is my friend and co host, Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Hello, Hugh. How are
1: you today? I'm very well. This is a this is an unusual episode. Do you want to explain why it's an unusual episode? Uh, because I can see
0: your face. Yeah, and I can see your face. Yeah, it's like we know each other.
1: <laughs> IRL. IRL. Yeah, we we are. This is the first episode we're recording together. Hopefully, it's going to be quite good. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of
0: intense eye contact. <laughs> we're <Well, laughs> we <didn't>
1: sat <laughs> quite close, sharing this mic. And yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite an intimate yeah. episode.
0: So. Yeah, well, we're going to crack on with it. So, this going to tell us what film we're, we're looking at this week? Yes. So after the end of last week's episode, where you basically didn't know anything about no, Star Wars, well, Jones was in it. That's yeah. all I knew. Yeah. So I was hoping I could dangle her in front of you. <laughs> in a non... it was effective? Yeah. I've, let's. Well, we'll see, won't we? Um, as a way to get you to actually engage with my uh, true love, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to do uh, the film directed by Gareth Edwards called Rogue One. A star, well, just Rogue One. I think a Star Wars story got dropped from it. Oh, did it? Yeah, because mm. they were. Yeah, because they did that with Solo. A Star Wars story. They and didn't want Rogue- to associate it
1: with the. Have, have they? Have they cut off ties? Have they forgotten about Solo? Are they pretending it didn't happen?
0: No, I don't think they're not pretending it didn't happen. Mm. I think they're saying, look, we know we dropped the ball on this one.
1: Right. I'm assuming we're not going to watch that in a later episode. Yeah.
0: I don't want to make you watch that. Do you you find (laughs) out about
1: Hans' younger life in that? Uh,
0: Yes. Okay. And it's stuff that you didn't want to know. Okay. It ruins a bit of the magic. Right, okay, fair enough. If it wasn't wasn't Han Solo, it's a cool film. Mm. It's actually quite fun. If it was Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's an
1: Indiana Jones story.
0: Yeah, or even if it was a bit like Rogue One where it's new characters. You would enjoy
1: it. Fair enough, so yeah, this week we are looking at a Rogue One Hugh is a huge Star Wars fan we've spoken in previous episodes about my distaste for Empire Strikes Back mm. I know very little about Star Wars going in, I've now seen one more film that I had before Hugh,
0: what does Rogue One mean to you? So, Rogue One to me is a film where you get a bit more of a grown up version of Star Wars because for all the greatness of Star Wars it's very much a film for kids mm. to a point and Rogue One is an attempt to make a war film of a Star Wars film slash heist film as well. So it's like a heist slash war film, isn't it? Is it equivalent to what Nolan did to Batman? Um, it definitely comes out of that, but I think it's more that they're trying to just... It does have... Yeah, yeah. It probably, it's, not, it's probably an indirect child of the, mm. the gritty... Kind of, it's very in of, vogue, isn't it? Yeah, things. yeah, and it's probably it might be ten years too late. I don't think so because it it treats its audience as look, you've seen Star Wars, you may have seen the Force Awakens the year before. There's here's a more grown up version of it
1: from a chronolog-
0: chronological point of view of release
1: date. Um, do you know anything about why they released Force Awakens before this? Because this sort of makes sense to come before the, the new set of.
0: The new set of sequels. Um, it was literally just because um, they decided to they decided to make the Force Awakens, and then they were like, "Oh, we should do some solo, standalone movies." And they were looking for ideas, and this one came after the. Is that second? inspired by the commercial yeah. success of Marvel? Do you think? Um, it
1: possibly because they there are a lot of stand- standalone that come together. Star Wars
0: just come together. Um, so it was. So George Lucas sold. Uh, Lucasfilm to Disney in mm. 2012 for 4 billion dollars that's
1: billion with a B billion with a B I yeah. mean was he not with a D was, was he C. majority owner did, it, was it, it's called Lucas, did he have all of it I mean uh, yeah he
0: essentially was the majority shareholder of quirky. all of his companies that came out of the success of Star Wars that's quite successful um, yeah. yeah and he was basically retiring because he was in his mid 60s and he yeah. was like I'm, I'm done with this now <laughs> I think I would do that I mean, it's weird that there's
1: very few creatives, filmmakers, who retire. It seems like, I feel like, Jack Nicholson's retired now. Um, but generally, actors don't
0: seem to retire, they just die. <laughs> yeah, become unpopular. Yeah. 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 Like, well, he's not an actor, is he? But I think he retired, uh, Sean Connery, famously. Oh, yeah. In 2002 or three. And he's just been living it up in the Bahamas ever since. And he hasn't been in a film since? Nothing. Then. Good not, Lord. not even a commercial or anything's tempted out. People have tried to get him out of retirement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No? Well, I mean, I say it, the retirement. more you ret- I mean, Daniel Day Lewis,
1: for example, three time best actor winner, has retired previously, has apparently retired now to go live in Ireland and make shoes or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she sheep this time. <laughs> or, you know. When you're a 50 year old Daniel Day Lewis and you, you've won all those awards and you're a guaranteed this film is going to be better because he's in it. Yeah. You know, that just means somebody's going to try and offer you 30 million to be in a film, and yeah. that must be difficult to turn down. I mean,
0: Daniel Day-Lewis is... He looks like a very nice man, but he's definitely batshit crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, basically to do a film every five years and spend
1: that five years learning an accent, learning a trade, working this, working yeah. that, reading all the books you can, he, he's committed.
0: Yeah, so the reason I like this film is... Um, so, they hired director Gareth Edwards, right? Mm. So, his two previous films before this were Godzilla 2014, which is a good film, um, and uh, Monsters. Monsters. It's a homemade laptop. And stuff. D- have you seen Monsters? I haven't. You haven't? I have. It's a really good film. Okay, yeah. And I think what is. they saw in Gareth Edwards, as the, when they chose him, was he does scale really well. He makes things look epic. Yeah. And this one thing about this film is it brings back the epicness of Star Wars. It really. Like, they use light and dark in this film so well. It's so well, the cinematography, and it's amazing. Like, there's just a the bit at the beginning um, when uh, Krennic ships coming towards the planet that uh, Gail and Urso and Jin and Lear mm. are on, and the way that it's shot, it looks like something moving away from the camera, but it turns out it's. A tracking shot of a ship moving below some rings around a planet in oh, a shadow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's stuff stuff like that that looks amazing. Yeah, I
1: mean, one thing, a feature that we sort of chose to do with the Princess Bride episode, but I don't think we've done with any of the others so far, is to summarise a film in one word. And oh, um, yeah. if I had to do yeah, that for Empire Strikes Back, the word would be heroic. And um, that wouldn't apply to Rogue One, because you're right, the, the cinematography is different. It's yeah. got that grittiness, but it is a sort of epic realisticness, yeah. realism, that the that, that Empire didn't really have um, in
0: that way. Did you go to see Rogue One at the cinema? I did. So I think this is the first film we've discussed that I've actually seen, that any of us have seen. Did you see Gao in the cinema? No. No? So yeah, I went to see this in the cinema, and it was... <laughs> and it was... It was great on this, in the cinema. It yeah. was just like the end battle scene um, where they kind of, you know, when they come together and there's the bit where the, the ship goes to take off and it hits into the, the Star Destroyer and the music all changes and goes into like a minor key and it kind of goes over the, the top of the sound. Um, it becomes the major player in that scene. It's just, oh. Well, Star Wars gorgeous. is not gorgeous.
1: But- bombastic and orchestral
0: and uh, you know yeah. big set pieces and so on like yeah. that so here's a fun fact for you go on. I'm like gonna g- actually yeah we'll do, the f- we'll do a fun fact because mm. I don't have really have too many facts <laughs> <laughs> they'll so, come yeah. out in the conversation yeah um, so you know the bit where you see the, da- the dish for the Death Star oh, being yeah. put in and there's shadow again on that and there's a, like a, a Death Star Destroyer comes out of the shadow but it's revealed oh, yeah. slowly, Very slowly yeah. it's a beautiful shot so, that is a CGI rendering of a model of a death, of a, death, wow. of a uh, Star Destroyer. And that's why it has that real authentic quality to the mm. look of those things. Which, if you go and watch The Force Awakens and all those films, they don't do that. Yeah. And they should. Because it, it feels like you can touch it. Well, the biggest
1: flaw from bits I've seen of the prequels is... The reliance on CG for every aspect, the backgrounds, yeah. everything, some characters, and it's it's just it's it's two thousand and one or whatever it's nine 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 CG, so it really ages. And when you have a whole backdrop that's like that, I've mentioned Red Dwarf a couple of times in this pod mm. before. Red Dwarf is best when it's just quite a cheap BBC kitchen that they've turned grey. Yeah, when they get to later. Series. There's a Back to Earth special. The whole set is CG. Yeah, and I just find myself not caring about anything that happens because yeah. I go, "Oh, that's that's a set where actually when it's just like a everyday working environment, it, it just realism. You know, it's, yeah. it's got realism to it."
0: Another reason why I like this film is because it's very British. Mm. It it's, is very British. It yeah, is very True. Yeah, but not just because of that. It's it's a British war film from the 60s, 70s and 50s and, mm. you know it's The Great Escape it's uh, Dambusters. it's uh, Where Eagles Dare you know that American So uh, it's a small group of rebel types
1: who are setting out to beat a bigger oh, I think Cassian K- Kass- make Kassian? Yeah, Cassian Yeah Cassian yeah he makes a I think he makes a statement something like make 10 men feel like 100 or something oh, like that Oh
0: y- that's is it him or Jin who says that I think somebody Jim. says that yeah um yeah, that idea of. Yeah, I think it might be Cassian, you might be right. Yeah, it's stuff like that. That's. Just makes it amazing. Because yeah. it's it's like we know we're against the odds, but with plucky attitude. Yeah, plucky attitude. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Rousing speeches. Yeah, yeah. Great set piece battles, real stakes. Like, one thing I felt when I was in the cinema, and Stormtroopers still can't hit shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you actually felt like these soldiers were a threat. Mm. Like, they weren't just. Cannon fodder, they turned out to be amazing. Cannon fodder, (laughs) but when there's that battle on Scarif at the end, there's bits where that guy goes, I'll go for it, and he just gets wiped out straight (laughs) away. Yeah, Yeah.
1: he wants to make that big stand, stand yeah, yeah, before he even makes a step. Funny, which you'd mentioned, the Stormtrooper, I was going to bring this in later, but it seemed like a good time now actually. There was a fantastic study done to find out how accurate. And efficient are stormtroopers at killing people. Right, okay. <laughs> We'd like to yeah. we like guess some of the stats. So yeah. they oh, they did on. a they did an analysis of the films. Yeah. Looks at the number of shots fired by stormtroopers versus yeah. deaths on screen by stormtroopers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some people have too much time, them, <laughs> Absolutely. What percentage of the time do you think stormtroopers hit their target over the course of the Star Wars films?
0: Uh oh. Are they counting clone troopers as...
1: We count only Imperial Stormtroopers on the dark side, under the command of Darth Vader, Moff Tarkin, Emperor Palpatine, or Kylo Ren. Um, They don't include clone troopers. So they don't include... Because they're under the command of Yoda and Obi-Wan.
0: So they don't include the clone troopers, right, then.
1: But they do include uh, separate types of Stormtrooper. They do include... Um, The ones from this, so like the, I can't remember what they're called, there are various types of Stormtrooper that they've just counted as Stormtroopers. Right, okay. So an overall amalgam percentage, what percentage of the time do Stormtroopers hit their target?
0: 11. (laughs) 4.16% of the time. I thought it was going to be a bit higher than that, (laughs) because I think they're terrible, but you know they're terrible, but at the same time... You do see a lot of people...
1: Some people do die. Yeah. So it varies from film. Um, New Hope, 2.47%. <laughs> Obviously. Because it's just it? lots of hallways and they're not hitting the three people over there. <laughs> 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 uh, I do live there. Um, Empire, 0.96% of the time. Jesus. <laughs> Basically 1% of the time. Return of the Jedi, 9 Speaking of Empire, yeah.
0: there's a great one where... The actor, so they're yeah, they're in Cloud City, and Han Solo turns back and shoots at the sh- oh no, I think it's Princess Leia, sorry, and she's shooting back at a guy. Uh, there's like these three stormtroopers and one of them jumps and the, uh, this, the stunt guy jumps up and on his face on his hands and knees. when you get shot he goes and jumps down. Which reminds me of the shot in the... Do you know the one I'm on about? No, I can't picture yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it it's near the end of the film when they're trying to rescue Han before he gets shipped off by the bounty hunter. I can't picture it at all.
1: There is a shot in Rogue One where... Uh, Jin, Jin, um mm. shoots the leg just like a no-look shot at the leg yeah. so I thought well, that was an interesting choice there's like four no-look shots in this one well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the so big. did three, you say 9% then for Jedi Return of the Jedi 9% yeah. so the big three original 4.17% wow uh, Rogue One um, you have 5%
0: and 5% in Rogue One there's
1: the death shooters yeah think they're in black yeah yeah They've got twenty-five percent. Yeah, because they they kill that guy we were just on about. With. Yeah, he goes, I'll go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Force Awakens three point two percent or three point three percent. Yeah, it's just all comes together at about four four percent of the time. They they're accurate. Yeah, just a wonderful study. I mean, them and James Bond henchmen are, yeah. uh, need to go Disposal. to a bad On the subject of their disposability, are they human in a bear?
0: The suggestion is, yeah, they are. Right, uh, there's never you never you only ever see one uh, stormtrooper take his helmet.
1: Is that John Boyega? No, it's Daniel Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, less enough, uh... <laughs> no, yeah, no, that is literally it. it. That's okay. the only one you ever see. Because because at the start, very very early in this film, where it's Cassian and Tivik, and there's a couple of stormtroopers that Cassian shoots. They're just talking to them like humans. They're not like androids. Cassian and who? Sorry, Tivik. Who's the t- guy he shoots? Just oh is that guy called Tibby? oh yeah oh yeah. no nice. this is the benefit of watching things with subtitles because it gives the characters names uh, even if they're never spoken I just called
0: him uh,
1: loser stumpy <laughs> <laughs> yeah well no arm, armly do we understand why did he what's wrong with his arm how do we know that Queen. That's just that you're right. This yeah. is the problem with coming at it cold is I don't know what's relevant and what's not, what's been explained and what hasn't. Oh,
0: you think he might have been a character in the? I thought maybe movie. it was explained. It's no, no, like, no, he's literally... He just goes, Oh, I can't climb because I'm there. i <laughs> I'm I'm a bit well. of Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Cassian's like, Cold-blooded. <laughs> Do
1: you feel like this film is more gr- has more grey area than the others? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's like
0: this mate this is uh, 50 shades of (laughs) grey relative to the the old zebra of the uh, empire yeah definitely Um, so here's a question Hmm. what do you think the storyline of Rogue One is? what I think the
1: storyline well the storyline is somebody has given made a purposeful fault in the Death Star and the storyline is the rebels finding out about that and then transmitting that message to other rebels. Yep, sounds about right. To set up a
0: new home. Yeah, yeah. That's literally it. Good. So I thought it was a test then. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> one way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very succinctly. Well done. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All <laughs> yeah, we I'd have been here and in our going. Yes, yeah, so that is the storyline, it's the rebels and that so that comes out of so there's a guy called Tony Knoll, right? You might oh, yeah. you might have done this when you've had a lucky self. So Tony Knoll worked for for ILM or Lucasfilm Mm. which is the company that George Lucas set up in the 70s when he made Star Wars Tony Knoll came in worked there and he's obviously a big Star Wars fan and he saw in um, basically so the idea for this film came from the opening crawl to Star Wars and there's a little sentence in that which just reads Rebel Spy managed to seal the secret plans for the Empire's ultimate weapon the Death Star so Tony Knoll went to Kathleen Kennedy who was then the new head of Lucasfilm after George retired and pitched the film and that's how the film got made so it's that one line from the uh... yeah it's yeah,
1: I mean, that's definitely been one of the criticisms I've seen when I've looked at, say, cinema CinemaSins for this, yeah. which is how I get all my opinions, uh, is that, you know, is it, is it about just uh, a retcon? That's been kind of a buzzword that this pod's used a few times. Is the film set up to be a retcon, or is it more than that?
0: It's No, there's no real retconning in it to, at all, because... They, they never explained how this, the Rebels got it in Star Wars. It's just in that own they've won a battle, they've got the plans, and now they need to stop it. And that's yeah. the premise to the film for Star so Wars. So they've not
1: actually altered it, they've just no. embellished and elaborated on that. They've just literally shown you what it is. So what we do in this pod is the host who's seen the film explains why they like it, but then what's quite important as part of their recommendation is, well, why would you recommend it to me? what do you think I would like about it? Yeah. Perhaps that I didn't like about Empire that's that's better here or
0: just generally what do you think I'd like about this film? So the reason I think you might like this film is because you didn't like certain aspects of Empire because you felt it was a bit it was a bit childish. Mm. I thought that's the takeaway I got from it is that you thought it was a bit childish. There's you didn't like the characterization of the characters, especially um, Luke Skywalker. Mm. You really didn't like Very Luke Skywalker, creative, did you?
1: Mangy, whingy yeah, child. I think <laughs> so. There's a there's an improvement here. I mean, would would Jim be the equivalent?
0: Well, obviously, I know that you like. And so what I was trying to to impress on you is that despite the flaws in empire that the Star Wars universe is one that you want to spend time with mm-hmm. because it's got this amazing array of characters who do heroic things yeah. against all the odds and it's got these sweeping vistas and these amazing but it's got that lived in look so I thought you might like this because A it's got Felicity Jones in I was kind of hoping I could get you with that uh, B it's a more grittier film uh, and C um, I was hoping that you'd get invested in in that world by seeing it from a more grown-up point of view i suppose some of the
1: flaws on empire was it was of its time in yeah. the, the pacing issue that we talked about that they've got objectively quicker uh, slower quicker over time mm. and as you say the, the childishness of it and whereas yeah like you say rogue one is not
0: necessarily written and made for eight-year-olds yeah so much yeah this one was aimed at those who Adults who had seen Star Wars Mm. and knew about it. Now, I do remember saying at the end of last week's episode that you didn't really need to have seen all of the Star Wars films to understand some of the scenes in this. Upon watching Rogue One, I realised there is one character who does not make any sense in this (laughs) when he's introduced, and it's just all you get is a little musical cue. This guy steps out of the shadows, and then they don't say he is, and because unless you'd seen. Is it the guy in the diner? (laughs) Yeah, no. <laughs> there is that,
1: isn't there? The, is that the guy, is Yes, it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's from Star Wars. Yeah, they run. Yeah, that's that's the other one. There was two actually. See them? Uh, so you know no, when they... I can guess. So, uh, so these are the people that I know that we see in Empire. So we see he's not in Rip... Empire. He's in. Uh, he's in uh, Attack of the Clones, and I think oh, bollocks, then he's in, <laughs> the but he's somebody important, right, father. Oh, Leia's father. Yeah. Yeah, I trusted him with that in my life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Now, when he stepped out of the shadows... in
1: the- Immediately all I thought was, oh, that's Amy Santiago's dad from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> he's the guy
0: who was... He was it's Jimmy
1: Smith. That's what he is, <laughs> just Jimmy
0: Smith. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, oh... When I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, there's no context to why this guy steps out and yeah. the music rises, because he does nothing in that scene. Right. So was that, so that confusing?
1: Uh, yes, it was, and then I think it was in *Cinema Sins* that I saw. Oh, it's it means He's like so. aren't Leia and Luke siblings are they half siblings? They're siblings. They're twins. So he's he's sort of adoptive.
0: He's the he's of Leia. Yeah, but for some reason he gets.
1: How, how are you supposed to know that? Is it the character's name? It's oh, or the actor?
0: you know that because you see him in uh, *In Revenge oh, of the Sith*. Oh, right, only like 10 yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fair enough. And you know that his name is Bail Organa. Right, and I it's see. Fit. He's, in, he's not in it too much, but he's in it. In Attack of the... Cl- sorry, Revenge of the Sith. When I, so I, so so see, I there's it. a scene at the end where he literally texts Leia to his wife and they're sat in. I see. i all around it. It's
1: actually a really nice scene. Right, okay. And it's the same okay. actor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know what's going down. on here. Um, I knew that... Um, what's his name? Mon Marth, um, Mon Mothman. Mon Mothman uh, was talking about Obi-Wan. Mm. Uh, but then obviously to get to a many
0: one, buffins died in this information is what, <laughs> what she is the, says the is the moth, the what is the
1: moth thing is that, is that a that's just that? her name Mom, moth was right. her name I mean duck. but the grand moth, moth talking is not related. it's a title so grand moth like, you're asking me questions that aren't relevant here I'm not going to lie to you. just like moth and moth I don't, yeah, and so one sh- of them they've got somebody who looks
0: like the actress from the original the other one they've uh, they've <laughs> yeah so the CGI let's, the... let's get into names yeah. with this because I've got some I've got some fun for you here with mm-hmm. the names I've not discussed this before, but are you aware of the random Star Wars name generators that you can no, get online? No, I'm not. So uh, a few days ago, I went online and uh, decided to randomly generate uh, names for me <laughs> and you. Um, is it based? It's just random. It's not based on information, is it? It's based on your the spelling of your name. <laughs> okay. So I got is it anagram. No, right, okay. it's not. So I got mine as Gil. Zutochi. You are <laughs> I am a, you are a foolish young hero from Osarian. me see a, Gil,
1: so Gil so Gil G I L Zutochi Z U T O
0: C H I Yep, okay, that's yep. how you're pronouncing that. Uh, would you like to know what your name was? I'd love to. So you are John Yoko Ollie, (laughs) what?
1: (laughs) So I am the love child of John Lennon and Yoko Ono, and uh, an Ollie from (laughs) a
0: skateboard. Anyway, Uh, you are a slave from uh, Sirranen, Sirianen. What Sirianen? Don't know. Just Um, I've never heard of those planets. This is one of the novels, do you think? who cares oh, is it? <laughs> I kind of love there are a lot of planets yeah. is it that
1: you've just missed those planets and-
0: no I've never heard of them they're not in any of the three uh, the, the three they're not in any of the ten the nine <laughs> or ten of any of the major theatrical release films right if they are then they're not mentioned by name so I think the reasons maybe you wouldn't like this is if I'm being honest there is a bit of pacing issues at the beginning of the film they jump to a lot of different planets quite quickly um, you, the bit with Bodhi and So Guerrero and Bo Gullet if you want to talk about mm, Bo Gullet talk about Bo Gullet. Um, yeah that's I don't know why that's in there there's no they try to make Saul Guerrero this like outland sort of like this extremist within the rebellion but he doesn't do anything other than yeah, well, he doesn't do anything on screen other than have a relationship with Jin in the cave. Now, that bit's good, in my opinion, where he's like, are you here to kill me, Jin? Because he's so paranoid at that point, which I liked. But it's one of those things of where it's they say do show him being this crazy terrorist. Also, he's his house. Where he lives is the most obvious place on the planet. Where's the big terrace? Well, we're a big desert, and there's, there's clearly lots of activity going on there. Should we check our tax records and see if, and what business? Well, there's nothing there, is there? The people who go there seem to be carrying weapons. They are willing to tax and stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I, I suppose the Borgolick movie is a way of showing, not telling his paranoia.
0: Yeah, it just... It doesn't link up in the rest of the movie because the pilot is fine, except for one scene. Mm. And if they said, oh... They could have fixed it easily because Bogle, it will see into your mind, and if he thinks you are lying, he will—you will be left go with madness. If not, then you will be fine. or oh, just even saying it's simple, you'll, you'll lose your mind that. for a bit.
1: Deciding yeah. <laughs> that qualifier, of, yeah. you'll lose it for a bit. But that wasn't
0: the. Th- yeah, I mean, he could have said, "Oh well, actually." If you're lying, you will lose your mind. Or even, it could be a threat from him That'd saying, well, actually, no, it doesn't do this to you, but if I, if you think that's happening in this moment, you are de- You might tell me the truth. Do you, understand, do you see yeah. what I'm saying? I quite like the te- temporary mind loss. Yeah, it would have been good if... It, it just didn't make sense. It was a bit daft. I, it's, a, mm. it's a scene you could have had... You could have had, you could have cut that scene, and you could have just been like, "Well, they tortured him." You mind yeah. to do the work there?
1: I, I mean, I think it works. The idea that he's got—he's so paranoid, he's got and trapped, and somehow trained this slimy chap of the hood, small thing, yeah. um, tentacle pawn. tentacle the <laughs> thing. To, to um, are there any uh, vestigial? could word that vestigial. It is a good word. Are there any problems that remain from Empire and the original trilogy that I brought up that you think still exist? So song. by
0: you asking me that question, you think there is problems like that, um, I would imagine. It's hard, you know, when you you love something so much, it's hard to take a step away from it and mm. notice what somebody who isn't into something would say is a criti- critique, because I would critique it for... It's plot holes to other films that are very minor that you right. don't notice when that you watch be it. not a problem in, in a, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think
1: for to be honest, the more you love something, the less it will. Yeah, because if you're if you're actually quite um, insecure about your love of something or whatever, then you are actually more defensive mm-hmm. uh, about it because you do see those problems. But because you genuinely love it, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe you don't as much.
0: I suppose this film I like it as well because there was it could have been awful because it was the first non mm. like. Trilogy like Skywalker related film and it could have been absolute dog shit quite yeah. frankly and it could have ruined another piece of Star Wars for me but again it's, it's almost taking on some of that Marvel quality
1: of let's take a risk we'll take a director that's done very few things um, that's worked maybe in a completely different genre and we'll do something with it we'll be risky with it and I think that's what Marvel have done so well in getting people like mm. James Gunn let's say I've just <laughs> risk free yeah I've just realised
0: something I was calling the uh, the guy who pitched it to Kathleen Kennedy this whole time uh, Tony No he's not called Tony Null so <sighs> apology to Tony he's called John Null John John Noel?
1: yeah oh John Null, um I think that's Russell Brand's agent John Null
0: that's entirely correct. Cool it seems unlikely yeah he's an American um, I yeah. think he still works at Lucasfilm um, sorry so John Null just said so you know, Tony he, John it's his he, fault for having
1: a name like John yeah John, what was
0: he expecting yeah because there's a guy who came in so a guy called Tony Gilroy who's also a director oh yeah uh, producer and uh, script there's four writer.
1: I think credited screenwriters is that reshoots and yeah or other um, ones?
0: so a reason another reason you might not like it is um, grammar Tarkin so let's talk about let's start talking, we talking, we talk about about talking about talking to about Tarkin let's have some hacking talk. What,
1: what level should we talk about it on as a, as a film goer? just the effect on an ethical level, perhaps? Both. What sort of contract do you have to sign whereby you die in 1994 <laughs> and then 13 years later you're in a film? I mean, this is like the sort of thing that would happen when you sign your face 13? Up. Isn't it
0: like, t- t- isn't it eight? oh god oh my god the time is isn't yeah, uh, yeah so yeah, eight. Yeah, eight, 23 20, years so there's children years. who have grown up since <laughs> he's been yeah. dead since he died yeah but when you sign up to the FaceApp they get your
1: rights in perpetuity I mean is that what contracts are now like for Disney it must be because <laughs> because I can understand Leia I mean, spoilers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have said that right at the start. Yeah, uh, I can understand later
0: because I think she may have even still been alive when they were working on it. She died in 2016. But I think hers is almost worse than tar- Tarkins because hers is really bad. Her face looks a little too wide. It, yeah. uh, genuinely, if you. Oh, the, on and the, I'm the, 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 the talking. I'm still talking ethically. Oh, ethically, so well, she was alive when yeah, exactly. it was so recorded, she and she literally died. About but because she. Yeah, apparently the estate of Peter I'm Cushman's family. That. Yeah, fair enough. I'm sure they were into it, but... I mean, if you get people who are very enthusiastic, I can understand to a point why they did it. It was a bold choice. It bloody was. It yeah. failed ultimately.
1: It was an inconsistent choice as well, because sometimes you have actual footage from the original, sometimes you have other actors who look like, sometimes you have...
0: What I don't get is, if they were doing that with with Tarkin, why didn't they do it with Mon Mothma? Yeah, Because in the... Between... Rogue One and um, Return of the Jedi. There's only what three, four, five years in continuity, maybe a couple Mm. more, perhaps, Um, maybe less. I'm not entirely sure of the actual years on that one. I'd have to check that out again. But you can tell it's a different person. So they're basically saying Peter Cushing was so recognisable as an actor compared to CG (laughs) compared to played uh, played uh, uh, Mon Mothma, sorry, and so. She, <laughs> she was. She to be recast. She had to be recast, and they used that actress in the um, in Revenge of the Sith. But they had an actor play Peter Cushing's character, Grand Moff Tarkin, in Revenge of the Sith, right at the end, and it's a different actor who did the work on this. Wow! I thought they were going to bring him back. So, did it take you out of that scene when you first got the reveal of Tarkin being CGI? It,
1: it did. I, I struggled to deal with his confrontation with Krennic because I was just thinking. I was just just assessing how good the job was. Yeah, yeah. And and whether or not it was whether or not it was needed. I was looking. I was thinking about the ethics of it. I was thinking about you know who gets to decide this and where does this take film. Oh, we're we're now at another scene. <laughs> you know.
0: It, yeah, it definitely did a bit. I remember when I saw it in the cinema, I definitely made a conscious effort to concentrate on the plot and the, what the dialogue he was saying because I knew it was yeah. kind of coming. Um, did you know beforehand? Yeah, I knew right. beforehand uh, that he was he'd been CGI'd in, and it was this big thing that they were doing. Um, in terms of, so I was trying to concentrate on the plot. I didn't think they'd use them as much as they did, mm. which, as you mentioned previously, it, it's a bold it's a bold choice. Yeah, I think it fails. Um, I think that do- doesn't help the case of this film. But if you take the CGI um, faces out of it, like Princess Leia and Tarkin, um, I'm gonna say that you did like this film but you didn't love it so okay is the time for it is time uh, are we, we going to have a break for this yeah let's go to a break and we'll um, come back with my view um, so buy drugs kids <laughs> buy lots of lots of drugs we were, we were given a lot of money for that ad. yep um My dealer, uh, I'm great. (laughs) It's it's Dodgy Dave, (laughs) a It's a strange name that his parents gave him the name Dave. Dodgy, Dodgy, sorry. (laughs) Dodgy, yeah, yeah. 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 Nominative determinism. So join us after the break for my view.
1: (laughs) Okay, um, my view. Yes, uh, it's in twofold. <laughs> he said, "Yes, very <laughs> <intrepid> there. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I really didn't like it, and I was scribbling down all the things I didn't like about it. The second time I watched it, so you did. So the I first time you watched
0: it. it, you didn't like I it. I didn't like it. You didn't. Um, what did I, you? So, so ultimately, the question. So you only because you had to watch it again for this that you ended up liking it. If I was a
1: if I was a critic and I saw it at a festival or I saw it at the cinema, mm-hmm. I'd have given it a really bad score. And then when I watched it again, and i have i have printed a, a kind of a, you know, I've got to change my mind on this one and mm. kind of like it. So the first time I watched it, I genuinely started playing Candy Crush for a <laughs> bit. It. Um, when it got to, uh, especially when it got towards the combat bits, when it got to the bit where Garen, um, uh, Garen Dar- herself? No, Galen. Galen, saw when he died, that I was I was on Candy Crush at that point. For really. For a long film after that, the main reason being that I thought, why do we need this film if not to just justify a really silly plot hole in the in A New Hope? Yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like a marketing. It felt like a, a financial decision and a fan service decision to make a whole two hour film based on that. Um, I was thinking because it is, it is inspired by war films very much so and you can enjoy a war film knowing let's uh, say a second world war film knowing full well that, that who wins but you don't necessarily know that this band wait people, what Did, who won <laughs> you just, you're quite far back in your history books out I'll, I'll, I'll leave that spot oh. for when you've got that new book can, we just, can we just pause this while I go and google that <laughs> so you can know who won the, the war but you might not know who won that battle or maybe it's a fictional battle you might care about those people and I felt like I didn't care enough about the people um, because I know how it ends they're not going to not get the message to them mm. that I know, I know how this goes it's a problem with prequels always another problem really 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 did really you not enjoy how, it, but they, how they got to that conclusion um, only the second time round did, did I enjoy that really um, I think in many ways it was a
0: fan service film is there anything wrong with a fan service film where it's a good film so if the film that's ultimately made is good because to me, I knew it was fan service I was a fan, it served all of my fan service needs um, I mean, if you don't like mean, if you didn't really enjoy it the first time around the cut. so what made you enjoy it on repeat viewing? Well, one of the major
1: reasons why I didn't like it the first time was I thought I don't know why these characters in this film, I didn't fully know what the theme was and it just felt like another episode in this thing and actually it needed a theme. The second time around it, the, the, the theme of hope really, really came out. And I started to see the ways in which each of the different characters was a variety, It was a variant of that theme. So one of the, there's a great book by John Truby called The Anatomy of Story that I'd really recommend anybody to read, especially if you're a writer. Um, and one of the things he says about characters is that you need, an, an, well, and any story, you need a moral argument or a theme that you're exploring. And each character needs to be a variant on that theme. So let's say something like Shawshank Redemption, which we mentioned last time. Yeah, the theme there really is hope and institutionalisation, and each character is a is a is a variant on that. So Andy Dufresne never gives up hope; he's losing it, and that's why there's such a struggle. Um, you know, Red's character is almost losing it, and Brooks has lost it, and so on and so on. Mm. I didn't really understand what like, why these characters were in this film. Yeah, and it was only in the second view that I really started to see that. And so you know, Jin's character kind of, kind of went from having no hope to gaining hope and having investment in that in that
0: uh, in the cause and so on so that was one thing that really clicked for I, me i tell you one thing I do like about it is it allows characters to actually change their mind and not mm. not punish them for it because Jin starts the film off with like oh well you know can you when she's speaking to Sor he's mm. like oh can you live under you know an imperial flag and she goes oh well it's alright if you don't look up
1: you know we've decided on our favourite line and I think that might be my favourite line and it's not the one I chose but now you mention it I did okay. really like that well that spoils that later <laughs> well, that wasn't going to be the choice <laughs> yeah, well, well, <laughs> I've got my second favourite line Should right
0: we then.
1: go into favourite lines then we could do that A few more? Okay. a few more things but yeah I thought that was really good yeah she was there's a great line in 1984, which I've today I realised Hugh hasn't read, despite being a history buff.
0: Um does, does, do, does it have never? to be a history you don't Look, I, you can't read and watch everything. I will read it eventually. I'm only Unless I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I'm 31
1: it's not going a risk I'm not willing to take, so I'll lend you that book. Um, Winston Smith, our main character. Got people like you can tell me all about it. I'll probably see it in a page. Winston Smith, the main character, he's he starting to go against the big party, in this mm. case, the uh, the Empire, um, and he has an affair with a woman called Julia, and she's not somebody who's interested in really overthrowing the, the Empire in that cell. or the mm. old big brother. She just wants to have her own um, rebellion, and uh, the great line from his is, he says, you're only a rebel from the waist down. You know, she's very, very... Um, con- Conformist, otherwise Yeah, and I quite like that that's, as that's a burn isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and she doesn't really understand it um, but no in this case like I said I started to see the themes and that was that was a very good thing
0: yeah well hope is the main theme of this yeah and in a the, lot of
1: the criticism I've seen a lot of the reviews that they say hope 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 you know is, is yeah. it occurring but theme. I suppose
0: if you were in that situation you that would be it like you know Annie you speak to people who have been in real rebellions against you know against actual um, empires throughout history and like in the last you know the 20th century you know they speak of the hope for a better future without these people dominating over us Um, so yeah there is that and I think there is a line of rebellion is built on hope. Yeah,
1: but yeah, and, it, and it, it does shine through on second viewing. It's quite possible I'm not very perceptive, so it might be my fault. I think. <laughs> the I other, the also, the other the other issue I had is not being a fan. Well, if a couple, two two big issues was the amount of fan service, which I think is an excellent thing if you are a fan, but is alienating or a bit kind of like well, whatever if you're not a fan. The other one was for me, I needed to reestablish. What the cause of the empire was, or, or what their goal was—I don't know if you can tell me. Why is it
0: what is the empire? Why is it trying to do this stuff? Why should I care? Um, the empire just wants to have—they're fascists, they're space fascists, and fascists just want to have control over people's lives and order over society. So they do horrific and unjustifiable things to uh, have. Uh, there's a line yeah. in the film right at the beginning when Galen mm-hmm. and uh, Krennic are talking and uh, Krennic uh, says we were this close to uh, having peace. And, you're confusing... Uh, yeah, and Galen says you're confusing peace with terror. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the motivation for the Empire. That... I
1: think that might have been an issue I have with it because in modern cinema now, in the last five, ten years, we're starting to get really complex villains. And there are more complex individual villains, but the actual... The actual cause and so on the empire is a bit black and white it's a bit George Lucas yeah
0: and I think really especially my first viewing but I suppose I didn't really care for it I suppose in defense of Lucas is obviously he grew up as a child of somebody who whose nation and the world yeah. was torn apart by these very dark empires whose Idea of you know they were fascists. Their, their idea of an order society was to to root out the weak and promote the strong. And if well, maybe you, that would have been, Is, you is you that have part of the empire?
1: It's, it's not just to rule everything. Is it to make things better or is it just for power? Because the kind it, of it's, if we're using a sort of Nazi. Well, allegory. they are, they are a
0: direct result of it. There's not even a, It's not allegory. It's they are. There's no Star Wars without. Them. <laughs> there isn't. But that's it, but but a Nazi wouldn't think we're doing
1: this for power. They think they were doing this for the betterment of humankind. Yeah. To make um, humankind better.
0: That's what. So at the top of it, they all care about power. Mm. It's about power. And the power over the galaxy. Right. In this case, obviously, they use political tricks to make it out that the galaxy is better for people by having these powerful entity as control. long as you're part of it yeah and as long as you conform to it because
1: I can see somebody like Krennic's motivation because he's thinking well look, I can get quite high up in this thing and be very powerful
0: and have a great life myself here's a great question for you mm. This, so I would frame this story as uh, what if um, what if uh, Robert Oppenheimer was coerced to working for the Nazis rather than the mm. Americans yeah what would somebody like that have done in order to stop the Nazis who we might fundamentally not have agreed with. Yeah, and I mean,
1: on, on a. And that's what Galen Erso is, isn't he? I suppose he is. On a more individual level, I've read this brilliant book called Auschwitz The Doctor's Eyewitness Account. It's by Miklos Naishli. And it's about a Jewish Hungarian doctor who was in Auschwitz and he was found to be a doctor, so he was recruited by the likes of Mengele to carry out experiments and so on. So he, they know full well that he doesn't want to do this. And given a chance and a gun, he would kill them all. Yeah. But they're kind of hiring him to do this thing. And it's quite tricky. You get this sense that there's a background between Krennic uh, and Galen. Yeah. You know, And that maybe they did agree at one point.
0: Yeah, there was, it, there's an allusion to it, isn't it? Yeah. Or oh, that at some point, it's that whole problem that scientists had at the end of the 19th and in the 20th century is... Oh, well, I've got a thing that I can do, but should I do it? It's that moral and ethical kind of dilemma that they that lots of them struggled with. Like Einstein famously didn't want anything to do with the Manhattan Project. Um, they probably would have asked him and got him involved if he was wanting to do it. There's but Oppenheimer
1: a, did do something. He went for it. There was a brilliant scientist and called Richard Feynman. Yeah, yes, Feynman's and, the same. You know, yeah. And he wrote brilliantly about it in his sort of, of autobiography um, Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman, which is I'd really recommend to anybody. And you know, they f- they felt the accomplishment of a scientific project, but actually the humanitarian level of it only really hit them later, which is which is an yeah. awesome, odd concept. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought, as far as retcon that word again, as yeah. far as retconning, uh, why there was a fault with the Death Star? I thought they did a good job of that. Yeah. But that was the biggest problem I had was why am I watching this? And I also tied in with I've seen all this before. I've seen Matrix Revolutions. I've seen Daredevil, so I can see the blind man being quite good with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that, which kind of irked me a bit because I thought he's a good character and it's quite cool, but because, so he's blind, but he can sort of see a bit because of the force and because of his belief,
0: but he's still at a distinct disadvantage to somebody who can see. Yeah, there is a very funny bit where when he gets to the console, <laughs> yeah. he goes and puts his hands like he he's dodging, like, yeah, but he can dodge bullets and <laughs> or and bolts and... He can, you know, beat people up in a, in an instant. Yeah, but I think with that you've just got to go. It's the force. Yeah, it's the
1: force. And I did quite like that as a mantra. I am the force. And the the, yeah, force the force is with f- me. Yeah,
0: and the, the, I'm the force. I'm one f- with the force. I'm one with the yeah. That's it. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. And yeah, and he keeps repeating that. And there's like there's a great bit where he's in they're in the cell, and they're basically going, "Why is he doing that?" And he mm-hmm. he says, "Oh, and um, He's praying." Yeah, he's
1: worried. He's annoyed. He's worried because he believes it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah he's praying for the door to open on that
1: I mean the door controls D- just don't look it really took me out of the moment I thought oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. there was a sequel to do you remember Short Circuit Johnny Five I'm Alive I have seen it when I was a child I <laughs> there was a, I think there was a sequel to it and I think he starts to bleed oil he's sort of been shot or something oh, right, yeah. and the guy goes to stitch up the wound and he rips his sleeve off his shirt <laughs> to do so but it's clearly made so that the sleeve comes off very easily and he just goes and he just pulls it very slightly <laughs> and it comes off and it just took me completely out of the film and I thought, oh,
0: you know. Uh, <laughs> I think you're supposed to think that uh, Cassie Nando's characters, this amazing, like he's choosing to be in that cell at that moment rather than... Are you? Uh, no. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just that, what is it, plot convenience yeah, exactly. I need to escape now. Therefore. And
1: shortly after that we need to talk about, this is a recurring theme in this film, People do things for the benefit of the plot and then they die. They press a button and they die. Yeah. Guerrero, I still don't quite understand how they can justify I've I'm done running. You you don't have to die right now. <laughs> we are leaving right now no, I'm done running. I've served my, my convenience this plot I've clearly got asthma.
0: <laughs> just leave me Did alone. you like the little Darth Vader illusion? Breathing apparatus. And yeah, so I was intrigued was, by that. Yeah. yeah, that was like, oh well, what is this guy? But you know he's a good guy, because he seen him. So. Whitaker. <laughs> he twitter yeah. 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 So what did what was so what was your favourite scene? Because you said you did like some of this film. I did like it. I grew to like it a lot
1: when I stopped playing Candy Crush, when I played it when I watched it the second time and I properly focused. I so is like this it. more
0: to do with you on the first viewing <laughs> and your lack of it, ability to Well, it didn't, it didn't grab me and I was annoyed
1: by it. And then everything after just sound like bangy, shooty, blah, blah, blah. Stuff that i would always seen. So I liked it more the second time around. I do like, in terms of a favourite scene, I do have it. Oh, my favourite scene is the one that's probably been smoking about the most. Yeah. Fader. Yeah. It really. I loved it. I don't care about how crap it makes him look in The New Hope when he's fighting with Obi-Wan when of like who it's just really bad
0: just an every, old man and a really tall man kind of trying to fence yeah. badly it's, <laughs> it's, what,
1: it's what's really great about cinema when you watch a film like Logan let's say Logan. big spoiler alert he gets Ooh, he has a we, fight at the end are we, are we spoiling other films <laughs> No, there's a fight at the end yes and he's really good in the fight um <laughs> So, well, he's got a serum. Uh, oh, yeah, Edward oh, oh, let's see, let's see, uh, Dark Knight Rises. He's not been Batman for about 55 minutes of the film, and then yeah. he is Batman, and you go, oh, yes, he's earned it, you know, he's really earned this this move. Um, so it's like that with Vader, because he's just this ominous ominous presence. And even though I didn't like Empire Strikes Back, I did like Darth Vader, and I like the music of Darth Vader, and I like that character a lot, and it just was so badass, and so cool to see him... Because he's so scary to everybody, and you think, well, obviously he can choke you with his mind, but it's weird that he's so so feared in the galaxy. And then you see something like that, and you go, "Oh, that's actually fantastic."
0: Well, this has come as no shock. That's my favourite scene. As oh, well. is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, that is fan service when fan service works. When it's it's Yeah, because it's one criticism people have of the original trilogy is that there's this like malevolent character but he never actually does any other than capture Han Solo mm. he never really does anything super malevolent yeah. himself because uh, Luke escapes Luke defeats him in yeah. Jedi yeah. that's it he never physically does he might be the guy ordering things and he might kill a few of his own cronies which
1: Yeah. you, um, need, the, you need a show of power in the way that they uh, relatively early in the film well, maybe halfway through the film, I don't know, shot the Death Star for the first time. You know, a real okay. show of power to go, look, we can do this. So it comes right at the end of the film, so it kind of makes sense for it to sort of show some power at the start. I just like the idea that the bad guys should be actually scary, because you should be able to see what they do wrong. Yeah. You know, what they do. Yeah. You're scared of it. Yeah, and
0: you you are genuinely terrified of Darth Vader in that moment. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, it's that hot, like the lighting in it I mean apparently so that shot was uh, the director Gareth Edwards They was filmed about I think about three months before the film came out they did it over three days Yeah. and it's like about a minute and a half or something and it's amazing
1: because it has been derided as being completely against character and blah 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 but but it it totally totally isn't
0: against character one of the rules they had when they were making that is we will not show Vader doing anything that he never did in any of the original trilogy films but
1: again if you go back to the lightsaber fight he had with Obi-Wan in a new hope,
0: yeah, but that it, it does. It does look bad because he's but he's against the powerful Jedi. So that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. but a Jedi he would have easily beaten when he was younger. <laughs> but he he only lost because. Um, Plot lot of reasons. Yeah, there's, I hate He's that He's got to distract him enough Avengers to let him season. run away. Like he goes, him. it's over, Anakin, I have the high ground. And yeah. That didn't make a difference when you were fighting Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> it really angers me. Because they could. it's so easy to write it well. Like, yeah, yeah. they they could have made it. They could have done a thousand different things.
1: I think this is my biggest problem with Star Wars, is that there are a lot of bad decisions. And there's a lot of... Um, perky choices and a lot of bad choices and a lot of inconsistencies which again I've mentioned Marvel a couple of times that doesn't have but that is over the span of 11 years rather than 40 40 odd you know 40 years Um, so there are those things that I just think why did this how did this get through several layers of editing and, and drafts yeah Fair. But no, I think I'm not. I'm not converted to Star Wars, but I do think that this was a. So if I asked you to come see the next Star Wars film, you had, I'd stop doing the podcast because because <laughs> I'm because there might come a time in an idle Sunday afternoon where I do find myself watching another Star Wars film. Yeah, I'm more drawn to that idea now. I'm not likely to ever watch to return of the Jedi. Yeah, um, but I am a, a, a touch more likely to watch Force Awakens now but okay. I'd rather watch something else in our next yeah no, that's <laughs> fine I'm, well,
0: no. I'm glad that we at least try. I at least wanted to give you another crack of the whip to see what people liked and yeah. I thought even though I know you're not a massive um, I know you're not a massive war film fan well, I don't know. I do, I do.
1: like some more films like Saving Private Ryan and a few others. Yeah. Well, that
0: was a, there was a lot of allusions to that in this film. Yeah. Um, and That was probably more, almost more of an influence in the second. Yeah, last, especially the last action. Yeah, and, and all. Did all you like the Did you like the dogfights in space? That bit was brilliant, wasn't it?
1: Uh, bit. Uh, it's not for me. I think. Really. I think oh. again, it's another. It's another hangover of not really caring, uh, not really being into in Star Wars when I was younger, and, and that
0: would have been a. Yeah. You know, the thing fair enough I, for me, those scenes that that final act of the film is brilliant. There is a bit too much of oh, well, we've got to get a thing to a thing and then to another oh, thing. And that and, thing's not working, let's get another thing, yeah. And another mm, thing. but no, do no, I do I mean, yeah,
1: one, one problem I had was um, that I wrote down in the first viewing was that it wasn't clear, it wasn't like each character was fulfilling an arc when
0: they sacrificed themselves, they were just sacrificing themselves, yeah. Um, although. The only characters that I think just gets... The only character that sacrifices himself, in my opinion, really is uh, is Bees Malbus. So, for without a reason. Because he just gets angry that his friend's been murdered. Where, um, yes, they could have kept Bodhi alive... But he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You could argue. Same with. How does he die? He literally just... gets a grenade thrown into the ship, oh, and he's just yeah. you know, there's nothing he can do about. Oh, but all he's
1: done is connected a wire to a thing, and then he dies. You know, K two presses a button, and then he dies. Yeah. I mean, he, it's not like he's not redeemed himself, except he's been nice to
0: Jim. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he doesn't so, need to redeem himself, does he? Or there's
1: no arc or In fact I should yeah, K2 actually was, was very good. You know, Alan Tudyk did an excellent job and uh, yeah. And I think every film like this that's quite pretty does still need that light touch and it's quite nice when that comes from one particular character. Would you like
0: to know my favourite lines then since you did we did uh,
1: uh favourite lines and favourite scenes?
0: Yeah, so you obviously had your favourite um favourite line which was, um, as you mentioned before, uh, which you, you, it doesn't bother you if you don't look up or something. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, that's right. I don't know <laughs> my, my
1: second choice was uh, when K2 said, do you know the odds of her using it to shoot you? It's high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very high. <laughs> but I didn't that was a bit like fan service-y, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was It's very high. Don't never tell me the odds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite line?
0: Uh, well, I've got quite a selection of favourite lines in this film okay, um, so I'm going to do them in order from my he did spend about 30 minutes transcribing yeah, them, yeah. so he could be in for something here so there's the bit uh, so Bodhi says this shuttle should be equipped with an access code that allows us to allows us through in K2 so it just says assuming the Empire has logged it as overdue Jin then says and if they haven't Bodhi says then they uh, shut the gate and we all and we are all annihilated in the cold dark vacuum of space and K2 says not me not me <laughs> I, I can live. survive in space yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real yeah, but that humour is brilliant like why yeah he's he's like almost he's so funny in that thing. he's like the first act of the invention of lying because the people in
1: that universe can't lie Yeah, and they also say everything that comes to mind and that's yeah. kind of what they've given K2 there. yeah
0: he is Pretty much always says what he, that he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the other one earlier, uh, Galen so you're confusing peace with terror. Yeah, I did That's like a that. great line. Uh, Krennic
1: almost uh, concedes that point. <laughs> I don't think he actually says anything. He well. does.
0: No, he says, um, well, we have to start somewhere. It's not a great line, is it? it I, th- I feel like he's uh, not
1: conceding it, but he's not given a convincing argument against no, it. not. Um, so yeah our favourite
0: scene well I was day saying day. I've got some more I'm still going through the uh, my favourite quote so oh good lord yeah <laughs> there's a few more um, so I'll say uh, we will take the next so the speech Jin gives in the uh, shuttle mm-hmm. where she's saying we'll take the next chance and then the next chance and then until our, our chances are spent but the best line comes from uh, Ginna so uh, when she's in the council meeting and she just goes um, the council member goes you are asking us to invade an imperial installation based on nothing but hope and Jin just snaps back and goes rebellion, our rebellion is not built on hope yeah and yeah. as much as you could you know again hope is the central theme but that she's correct isn't she yeah absolutely yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean the, I do that 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 uh, like debate they're having in the, in the building each character says something and nobody talks over anybody yeah. Like, what about this what about that what about that it's six people and then, and then somebody just in the crowd even the subtitles says something like random rebel what is she proposing yeah um, I remember that just let the girl speak <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was not, <laughs> it was like something from the Simpsons
0: you know <laughs> what are they just let the girls speak <laughs> to um, the two old muppets in the muppets yeah exactly yeah. 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 yeah
1: but they're just from random and it's kind of like let's get we want all these views to be given but we're not going to do it in a realistic way. We're just going to have different people saying each of these different views, and it, was just, it just blew my mind. Did you not like that bit then? No, it, was, it was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> it was efficient. It's, it's yeah. It's Which uh, is
0: damning with praise It is a little bit. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I've got a couple of facts this week, but no good Give facts. It some. Give it some. So, uh, some of the lenses they used on this film are 40 years old from the original. Uh, probably not now. <laughs> oh, what's the point? <laughs> no, but to establish oh, okay. so for some right. of the cinematography, they had, they used some of the um, they use old lenses to get those really wide shots, but they're notoriously hard to focus on. Right. So it gives it that real cinematic vista quality that I That's mentioned earlier. Cool. Um, so it's
1: literally about forty years old, but it, which
0: is when the first one was being shot. Yeah. And, uh, and it, yeah. So whether they're from the original, they, they suggested they were <laughs> 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 when I read it. Um, what's the other facts that I have let's have a look here um, yeah I was going to say yeah, Peter Cushing was dead 18 years when <laughs> so maybe we mentioned that
1: it's more than that though, wasn't it it's 20 odd years it no, was 94
0: yeah so if he died in 94 this came out in 2016 so yeah more than 20 years yeah, sorry, I thought 18. We both years. made the yeah, same mistake, man. isn't that right? Yeah, so yeah, he's 22 years, he's been, he has been, he was dead. Yeah. yeah, so they'd have a job and have finished uni as well. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Top nothing. Um, what the fucks do I have? Um, oh, right, so we need to get into this as well. So I mentioned Tony Gilroy before, yeah, you on about the writers. Is, yeah. Um, so yeah, this project had some difficulties. Um, the first cut of it, they didn't really like it, the studio. Um, Basically, Tony Gilroy was hired to come right. in and reshoot a lot of it. There's estimates what of the, up to 40% of the budget. Oh, of the film. Of the film was reshot. That's too high a number for mm. the time they had. Um, and to Gareth Serviette's credit, he was like, yeah, the first cut wasn't as good as it should be. I would love to see the first cut Hell of the film. Intrigue. One thing they did do on this film, which was really cool, was um, they. Did a thing called Indie Hour for the crew so Gareth said for an hour a day you get to just do strikingly good shots whatever you want it doesn't matter the context just make something that looks good oh. and the only one they ended up using was when Jin's uh, in the pile, you know like the, uh, the guy. you know the people who guide planes and in, I don't know the the air traffic control person, <laughs> the, <Yeah>. the semaphore <laughs> that people would Yeah, when she's dressed like that and she goes in the tunnel, and it all lights up. Uh, that was the one shot they used, but oh, there's, yeah.
1: that there's, was only used in the trailer, wasn't it?
0: Uh, no, it was used in the film. There is stuff, yes. Yeah, so there was.
1: I've seen. I've seen something about the, what was in the trailer. What was in the final film there was a lot missing.
0: Yeah. So again, this is this is a. This is becoming a common trend. Sometimes there's things like Avengers Infinity War had that shot where they were all running at the camera mm. and that never happened. Yeah. Um, Marvel are a bit different as in they'll leave, they'll put people in, take things out. just Yeah, to stop spoilers. Um, but in this, what happened was they'd give it, they got a load of footage and the marketing department just took a load of shots that didn't make it into the final cut of the film. And there's a few scenes where... There's one there's one scene where when she gets taken to Yavin Fall by the rebels and there's a line where she goes, oh, he reads out like all the things that she's done.
1: Oh, and, what and she says, oh, I'm oh. a rebel, I'm and
0: rebelling. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I rebelled okay. and yeah. I think that should have made the final cut because in that scene she's a bit morose and doesn't really yeah. answer them. Apparently the way they filmed it was um, they would do it with different like so we would like, right, do it this way, do it that way and do it this way and do it you know, That's right a here, bit Joss
1: Whedon in 1997 that
0: it's like a sort of um, snarky 17 year old American teenage girl. Yeah, it is <laughs> but it, but I think it's her going, well, you have no authority over me so this is what I genuinely think mm. um, and I would have preferred to have kept that in. Apparently there's a bit where a TIE fighter flies up to the When she's on the antenna Yeah, down. trying to realign it um, there was a bit where like she was run they're running through apparently in the original script so they had it that the plans to the Death Star were in one location and the, the aerial to send it was uh, the, the dishes right. it was in a different location so that's why if you ever watch any some of the trailers or some extra footage they're running through the beach towards the at right. or whatever they're called in this one the ca- well at uh, what. well the AT-ATs which are the classic ones but these ones with the cargo with the hollow thing there's like a. T A S T or something. Oh, right. Yeah. Atasts. Yeah, essentially. Interesting. Yeah, atast yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, you can go atast yourself, yeah. I suppose that might be
1: one of those things where they go, you know what, there's been enough jeopardy and peril up to this point. There's been enough, do this, then do that. Maybe it's enough to just be like, we're at the top of this fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, let's just let's just do it now because there's, there's a time element as well, isn't there? You know? the, yeah.
0: There's one of the reshoots that you can find online is where. Um, so obviously K2SO he dies in the um, like the control room for mm. the vault, and there's footage where he basically dies on the beach outside a doorway, mm. and he drops down and falls dead next to Cassie Nando So. You can see his body lying, Ando's body lying there. So it's clearly a better, um, it's clearly a better like ending because that bit when you see the flash of light and they're on the beach and you see his eyes and it's like mm. that really. I thought that was a great shot. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That was beautiful. And, you, yeah. and there's a, clearly there's like you almost go there's a relationship that could be building between those two, yeah. and it's like oh they both die and it's real. Yeah. As an audience, you're like, oh, what could have been for those two people who yeah. had done these terrible things for the right reason?
1: I'm glad they didn't kiss and get together because I wasn't sold on that as a side plot because I, so often what happens in films is the two good-looking man and woman leads yeah. just don't kiss him because they're the male and female yeah, leads. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I did like that as a death because it's a very beautiful, mm. a very beautiful image. The only thing I
0: would have changed is I'd have had it Jean. Eyes light up, and you see her mm. in the fear in her eyes, rather than Andros, because she is the main character of this film. She is.
1: I wonder what it, I wonder what it means. I mean, Cassian is somebody who gives everything for the rebellion, and this brings me nicely to one of the things that makes this better for, to me than the original trilogy is the slightly more grey that we talked about. Yeah. Because he kills Tivik yeah. right at the start, so that he doesn't tell the stormtroopers about this thing, mm. um, and it also brings us nicely to critical reception. It does. Come on then. Hit so, as well. in Metacritic, previously we've used Rotten Tomatoes, but I think Metacritic have got a better algorithm, really. Um,
0: Rodrigo Perez said that it was a very good. Who's story. Rodrigo Perez, uh, reviewer.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where don't know to for. Um, so it Could
0: just be some guy sat at his computer in his underwear. I'm sure three there's of, nobody else called of, the the Perez. Afternoon. That's not they're not too common Spanish names.
1: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> calls it a very good Star Wars film, but it falls short of being a truly great one. But I disagree. They praise the morally grey texture compared to the black and white stripes of of the previous ones. Um, so when casting kills Tific, I think that's a key
0: area of that. Um, well it's right at the beginning of the film isn't it and it kind of sets up the tone of the film beautifully
1: yeah absolutely because Cassian isn't this he's not this again he's not this white knight he's he's complicated and he even says that everything I do I do it for this for the alliance yeah um, Perez goes on to say that uh, as, a, as a criticism fan service in Rogue One is at first minimal and tolerable even clever mm. but the title sorry but the little Easter egg nods to A New hub begin to add up to the point of irritation towards the end I felt that as somebody who's not a fan but if I liked it, I would have been well in for that. I would have really liked that.
0: I think, as well, if you have only seen Star Wars maybe once or twice, and it's been a couple of years between viewings, and like, you want even the only one I thought that you would genuinely notice is the one fra- when Jimmy Smith comes into it and mm. Bill O'Garner comes in, because there's no, you have to have seen Revenge of the Sith to know who he is.
1: Yeah, you exactly. To- and, and again, I've mentioned Marvel several times. If somebody who likes Marvel films, it would be very hypocritical of me to say, well, that's a bad thing to do because you couldn't watch Infinity War. I think it's a good standalone film, but you would miss so much if you hadn't seen 21 other films before it. Right? Yeah. Have you got another review there? I've got several, yeah. I mean, um, there's a couple of 100% scores. Total Film gave it a 100% score, but there's also a 25% score. Gone Go on then. San, Francisco, San, Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco Gate. They said it was exhausted, demoralised and no fun and they said it's a war movie but war movies are about toil, half victories and moral compromise and self doubt but star wars is always just about good versus evil and it wasn't complicated enough and i think it wasn't complicated i think it was more it wasn't gray enough there wasn't enough gray areas there wasn't enough gray characters and i see where they're coming from but i probably side more with rodrigo perez to say that actually it was there
0: were more gray textures compared to like all the other star wars films this looks like you yeah. know, it's this is like Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction in terms of it. I would have
1: quite liked it if Ben Mendelssohn's Krennic character had more of a complex motivation. So he's just a, a bit little too, bit where he's just—he's a bit this too. This is too, why too,
0: he's very two D character. Yeah,
1: and and everyone on the everyone on the bad side is quite two D. Yeah, I think everyone on the good side is a bit more complicated because they think what is worth it for the Rebel Alliance, what is worth it for the cause. Obviously, they all they, they sacrifice their lives. They sacrifice other people's lives, and and really their morality. But the bad guys, I do agree with the idea that the bad guys are always just evil. Yeah. And I do wish Krennic was a bit more complicated. I wish he had a better comeback than uh, with peace and terror. I bet. Had, I wish he yeah, had a comeback. Yeah. Then
0: uh, well, you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Because yeah. I didn't believe him that he wanted peace. Right. You think he's just a guy doing a job? F- I mean, a lot of people say it's, he's driven by his ambition. He's driven by his ambition. He's sycophantic towards Vader, and he wants
1: he wants recognition for the Death Star for, for yeah. making that happen.
0: Yeah. Another th- scene they cut out actually is in, from the trailers where he says something like, "We don't know the power we're dealing with," and he's like kind of standing up to Vader, mm-hmm. but he's kind of sat there as a scalded puppy in that yeah. in that scene on uh, Mustafa, which. I wouldn't, personally, I like the scene at the end, I wouldn't have the bit where he goes to Vader. If I could make a change, I'd, I'd take out Bo I would keep Grand Moff Tarkin, because you can't not have this film without him, but I think... Would you I, recast? I would have, re- yeah, definitely have somebody who looks strikingly like him. I wouldn't have the yeah. CGI. And I would have Vader at the end.
1: Would you have Guy Henry just him um, with makeup on?
0: Yeah, I think the voice... I think one thing that's really good about this is the voice sounds just like That's true. You know,
1: funnily, weirdly enough, I saw the face was completely CGI. It didn't occur to me in some ways that the voice wasn't his.
0: Yeah. Which is a testament to how good that was. And I think if you would put Cushing's voice inside um, the other actors... Guy, Guy Henry, I think. Guy yeah, Henry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you put uh, the voice of Tarkin inside Guy Henry's mouth, it would have looked... It would have sounded very weird. Where I think they should have just recast it like they yeah. did Mothman. That's but everything else is really good. Um you, could would maybe, you have kept um, Leia? Yes, I would have She's only on screen for three
1: or four seconds yeah, and she I think says it's
0: fine. And she goes what is it? And she goes hope and yeah. the ends and it's very Star Warsy and in that respect.
1: And I did I actually preferred them doing CGI for her rather than just use the back of her head in a familiar costume.
0: Yeah, they could have got away with it. They but could but. the C G I though is I think it's worse on her. Um, it. it's I think they could have got maybe Carrie Fisher's daughter who's in, uh, Le, I think she's in uh, Force Awakens and she's in um, uh, uh, the, and the Last Jedi and they could have just CGI'd some of her mum's features onto her, perhaps. For that short amount of time. Yeah, because they look enough like each other that you can tell it's her daughter but they don't, but you don't need it to be this weird, crazy CGI thing of... it. It, that creeped me out more than talking. <laughs> so much
1: of her face is covered. There's so much of her yeah. head is covered, and it's white, too completely white. It's so too brightly lit. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem with it. It's, it.
0: it's far too brightly lit. So... Does this lead us nicely onto the quiz? Well, do we need to do the would you recommend this, and then I can do Oh, this. we do, and the, S- and the rating. Yes, so, yeah. so would you... So actually, how many... Uh, chances out of 10 would you give this film? <laughs> is that a K2 reference? No, it's the reference to the bit where she's saying, "And we'll take the next chance and the next uh, chance, is so we're out of chances. That's good. Uh,
1: I would give this a 6. you give it a 6. Which so for me is like a 20 out of 10 for a Star
0: Wars film. <laughs> I think 6. Would you recommend it? Uh, not to everyone. Not to everyone. Plus, not to everyone. so... So, 2 all... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think... I, I, Did you enjoy the film? The second time round. Okay, so... Yeah. So if it was on on a... So my, another litmus test, I think, with our films is if it was on on a Sunday afternoon on TV, you were cooking your tea, you weren't you had nothing to do for 10, 20 minutes and it was on, would you watch it to the end, say, halfway through? No. Right, so... Definitely not. Well,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's a tricky one because it doesn't necessarily. Because, for example, Lars von Trier, I've never re watched any of his films, but I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed each
0: one. Yeah. So it's not necessarily. But that's a very different. It is. Um, very different prospect. If you're going to sit and, you know, A, <laughs> the Lars von Trier film isn't going to be on in a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock know. when you're cooking your Sunday <laughs> dinner. <it? laughs> And I'm never going to be cooking some days. No, that's not
1: really my style. But yeah, oh, uh, no, I think uh, right, your girlfriend's cooking you dinner <laughs> for you. The <almost. laughs> <You're misogynist. laughs> Um I I I saw. Sort of, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'm definitely going to watch it a second time. And uh, that's can uh, you s-
0: mm. so can you see why people like me? Hello, hello. Um, like Star Wars, does that give you an insight? Because the, it's such a rich universe that you can make a grown-up film. Place, place I uh, it does more. It definitely does more than when I watched Empire. Do you think it? Do you think well? I can see why he now would go see the films that are more yes for kids yeah. because it's that nostalgia.
1: Because it's piqued my interest to the extent that I want to know what's happened in the other films without
0: investing the time to watch all the other films. I'd you one thing they are doing is in terms they're making a bounty hunter film. So another. Like guy who's like Boba Fett essentially, Mandalorian. Oh. That is but the absolute bit, what I don't want. But, <laughs> be, but it's made by Jon Favreau. Oh, good. that's a good stuff. Oh, yeah. Or it's produced by him at least, and oh. it's more. <laughs> it's meant to be a more grown-up Star Wars, apparently.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I probably wouldn't watch it because I'd, I'd assume that I needed to know more. Right. But like I say, it's people interesting enough to to sit down with you for an hour and you tell me everything that's happened yeah. in the other two. And so it's given me a better view of Star Wars. So I think on
0: the whole, it's been a success. Okay. Well, thank you for bending there. My pleasure. <laughs> right, so time for the quiz. Question one. Oh. Is for no money at all. <laughs> Still have my three lives though. Uh, yes, and my phone friend. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's a hard one. This is the hardest one of the lot. God, God. Uh, question yeah. one. Can you put this question four or five? No, post okay. question one. And there's only one mark available. <laughs> Which planets do they go into in this movie that are mentioned on screen? Jupiter. In oh, in chronological now. <laughs> That's two. Yep, yeah, Jeddah. Some at four things of the wire think What's that called? <laughs> I don't know. I've written them down. Yeah, you, could you've written them down, so I've earned it, right? Okay, yeah, this sure. is an open book question. <clears throat> the Ring of Caffreem. Actually, no, this isn't an open book. Put the clothes down Yeah, <laughs> yeah. trading really You've essentially googled this <laughs> and wrote it down. Wobani. Well, yep. Yeah. So yeah, all I remembered was Jeddah. So all you remembered was Jeddah. So they were in order. Um, that was shown on screen. I don't think the first planet is actually mentioned, is it? On the screen, well, it could be. Is it, um, is it Ring of caffeine training? No, that's the you know, this shot that when he comes mentioned. down, yeah, you're right. I don't think it was mentioned, yeah, I don't think it is. It's just, it just cuts, it just lands, it just yeah. cuts to it, doesn't it? And yeah, then I think it so. cuts to the ship coming in, but they'll tell us, yeah. So, Rings of caffeine mm, got, got Barney, got Yavin, four Jeddah, I said four, begins of the. For you or something <laughs> you were 50% of the way there Edo and Scarif I should have got Edo and Scarif um, yeah I mean literally three of them are within like the first five minutes it's, it was too much I thought oh, I'm going to stop writing these down I remember sitting in the cinema and going oh I'll try to remember that and literally they're on Barney for like <laughs> it's not happen. a minute yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. or two minutes um, I this think she just immediately picked it from there isn't she yeah that's, that's the hardest question uh, oh, see if you can remember this who pitched the film to Kathleen Kennedy John Knowles yep yeah, not Tony not Tony Knowles <laughs> Tony
1: Gilroy t- wrote part of it and did the research yeah, well, John so you've got one mark <laughs> again it just, just helps me because that's who represents Russell Brand what Norden. order
0: of monks do it Chir- in way and um, bears Malbus belong to Jesus Christ they do mention it in the film you're right Um
1: oh I'm struggling struggling
0: financially morally spiritually in every possible sense <laughs> okay can you give me the first letter uh, G I'm not going through all of them. Kids <laughs> falling it out. For you. No, go on. so they were the guardians of the wills.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, In, I, I wouldn't have got that, up, no. but I recognise it. Yeah, fair yeah, right. yeah fair that's
0: right. that's a proper Star Warsian question. It really is. Yeah, because the wills. Sorry, have been. guys. I know you knew it. For those who don't know it, get good. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you listening to this if you're if yeah. you're not a nerd? <laughs>
1: nerd. nerd.
0: <laughs> okay, question four. Uh, what is the composer's name for this film? So
1: it wasn't you know. John Williams. It was John Williams? no <laughs> I remember seeing it in, in a review. It was almost John Williams, but not as good. Yeah.
0: Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. So the review. So the guy who did the um, music. He for was frantically film. looking at <laughs> <He> phone does, <laughs> No, didn't he write it down so you could see it. And I because his name's Italian and I don't want to mispronounce it. Yeah, I
1: remember it not being a white British name, so I immediately scrubbed it from my memory.
0: Well, that says more about you than it does anyone else. <laughs> That's it not a good one. is uh, Michael Giacchino and he's a famous film composer I'm glad you know that and I yeah um, he's done is it the,
1: IMDB <laughs> yeah
0: no I knew who he is I just oh, didn't want to did make so sure sorry, I pronounced it correctly because yeah. yeah. I'm bad at pronouncing yeah. foreign yeah. names yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm <gonna> embarrass myself <laughs> Um, yeah, so he did the work for Star Trek, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, Ratatouille, Inside Out. <laughs> Sorry,
1: it's on Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, War for the Planet, Ratatouille. <laughs> it was just quite incongruous. Yeah, no, this is off. This is So he's accomplished. Big. Accomplished. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: good. So, I, what did you think of the music soundscape in this film? It was good.
1: Yeah, it wasn't as iconic. But I liked it no, and it nice. had a couple of notes and bit and motifs and yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about but it had some similarity with the original Yeah,
0: I think there was very much an impression that they weren't going to use all the cues and notes from the original Star Wars it wasn't
1: as constantly discordant
0: as Empire yeah okay so question, question five five good lord uh, what does Donnie Yen say to the Stormtrooper when he is holding onto him and fighting with him Oh, what? Um, what funny line does he say as he's fighting with them?
1: Donnie Yen's the shirt. Yeah. When he's fighting the stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh, I've got when they're putting a sack on his head.
0: Uh, no, that's <laughs> another good one because he's our stormtrooper. Okay, he does something to his foot, and he says something. Can you remember the line he says? Uh. He stabs his cane onto his foot through his stick.
1: Oh yeah, of course.
0: Um, no, I can't remember what he said. He said, is that your foot? <laughs> it's a really funny line. <laughs> but the bit, are you, and the other one is good, where he goes, You're, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. You know, I did before. like
1: it. I did like it in this, yeah. I was quite, very interesting. So that was uh, Rogue One. Highly successful quiz there. Yeah, Rogue yeah. One, I was eventually glad that I saw it. Yeah. And um, thanks for introducing me to Planet Society there. Yeah, I'm, I was here too far, not not a part of. What are we going to watch next week?
0: So next week we are going to
1: watch Circle. Circle, not the Circle with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. Circle, low budget thriller, high concept, eighty-five minutes. Um, I've just
0: told you some stuff. What do you know about it already? Just the stuff you've literally just, just literally said. The there, yeah. I have nobody. I have no idea. I'd never heard of it. I don't know who's in it. I don't know even what country it was produced <laughs> in. Perfect. Um, I mean. Yeah, is it just eighty five minutes of just a circle on the screen and It's pretty experimental. Yeah. Right, okay so it's just it's
1: concentric circles <laughs> no I'm not going to tell you anything um, if you've got Netflix listener you can watch it yourself especially in the yeah. UK I don't know if uh, those territories have it on Netflix but oh, well, one listener can watch it absolutely I'm going to try to make more of an effort to make our films available on streaming services because so far we've spent a lot on DVDs <laughs> let's face it yeah. and it'd be nice to, for the listeners to be able to immediately find it and view it which I think would yeah, be well,
0: good. well I'm looking forward to that because um, it's something that um, I probably would never have got around to watching because if you haven't heard of it you're not gonna watch it. Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna colour your
1: colour your uh, judgment of it or your expectations anymore. Okay. Hugh this has been a wonderful episode. It's been great to be here talking to you live, In touching your flesh. thigh at will. Yeah, that he
0: did actually just touch my, my will. thigh there. <laughs> yeah, some definite man touching there with his will. <laughs> <But> he, <laughs> <more>. <laughs> so yeah it's been great
1: I look forward to our next show this is I'm really enjoying these podcasts so where can they find us on Twitter Sam if you want to find us on Twitter we're available on Twitter you can find us at please watch pod where
0: That's can right. they email us Hugh do well they can email us at please watch this dot pod dot G pod dot pod at gmail.com and you can tell us all about what you think of Star Wars Get Out uh, Princess, Princess Bride Raiders, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark the Lost Dark. and, uh, and, and so, Strikes Back
1: or any other episode later on so yeah. we love you all you're fantastic he loves you all he you are you the of beneath our wings <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we'll see you all next time take care bye Bye-bye. bye bye, bye.